0: This is The Legal Impact, a podcast presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. No accepting applications for JD and graduate programs, learn more and apply at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host, and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire and UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead, and today I have a special edition of the show featuring alum Josh Hillier from the JD class of 2014 and is currently the Compliance and Enforcement Counsel for the New Hampshire Insurance Department, as well as Emily Peterson, a rising 2L and current intern over at the department. Thank you both for joining me today, like we've always had a big focus on the show, show in the past where um, hands-on experience is key in order to really be successful after graduation. We have a great uh, career services office, great legal residency program, and we love highlighting people out in the field. So it started off with you, Emily. I mean, how did you hear about this kind of unique opportunity and what led you to select this for an internship?
1: Yeah, so I applied through my school's career services office, which is very helpful, highly recommend going. And I was drawn to it because I have an interest in health law and And this is super related both like life and health and there's also the property and casualty side. And I was drawn to the ability to have an impact on New Hampshire residents and the state as a whole.
0: You know, we'll be diving in later on into the specifics of what the department does because it, it's very unique in the landscape of administrative law and uh, health policy. I mean, the department's frequently at, at the school because of the Institute for Health Policy and Practice and the health law and policy program we have. Um, I mean, we're recording this only a couple weeks into your internship, so we're obviously not going to go too in-depth, but what sort of experiences are you having that have stood out to you?
1: The nice thing about being somewhere that's smaller and isn't... A, um um, a big firm or anything is that I, I'm able to do a lot just as an intern. Like I've been able to actually like email companies and and I, I feel like I'm able to contribute already, which is really cool. And I'm able to kind of like practice skills I wouldn't maybe have been able to practice otherwise
0: seems like a lot of like legal writing is probably a very important component to what you're doing.
1: Even if it's just like a few sentences, it's nice to go to go over things with Josh and figure out like the exact right way to word something to get like another to get a company to give you the information you want.
0: Can you speak a little bit to that experience where you have the health health law policy interest? Like how has that played out so far?
1: Good amount of the companies we look into were health insurance related. Um, so I've been able to learn the ins and outs of Very complicated industry. I've learned a lot of new terms (laughs) in the past couple weeks. Now
0: over to you, Josh. I mean, what is the role of the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and what does a compliance and enforcement
2: Council do? Certainly. So the role of the department is really twofold as I look at it, both to protect New Hampshire consumers as well as to ensure a fair marketplace for the insurance carriers that are operating here in the state so that takes place through the many divisions we have Uh, i'm in the compliance and enforcement division i tell anyone who will ask me that i think i have the best job here at the department because i get to go after the bad guys Um, and that means when a company or a producer which is the term of art we use for an insurance agent engages in any misconduct, I'm able to begin an investigation to look into the allegations of misconduct and, if appropriate, take action against that insurance carrier or agency or agent. Um, That being said, of course, there are many other divisions here at the department that uh, do things like review the forms and rates for policies that are sold in New Hampshire. There's a consumer division that just handles you know, concerns or inquiries raised by consumers. Uh, There's a tax division that, you know, makes sure as we levy appropriate taxes against the insurance carriers that operate in the state. So, uh, in all told, there's, I think it's more than 70 employees here at the department uh, covering really the gamut of of anything related to insurance that touches the state. again, as I said, I think I get the best role.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different types of insurance that are entailed with it. Like, what what are some of the, like, I don't know whether it's products or silos of law that maybe are really important when it comes to you as enforcement counsel?
2: Sure, so um, as you identify, AJ, there's a lot of different products um, you know that run the gamut from property and casualty products you think of like a home or um, auto policy as well as of course life and health life insurance annuities health insurance um, and you know we look into any of those of course any of that type of insurance we also have jurisdiction over some things that get you know a little bit beyond what you think of traditional insurance but like warranty products home warranty auto warranty cell phone warranties things like that are actually regulated by the department as well um, as to you know specific areas of law you know particularly to Administrative law we practice here. It's uh, we're, we're not in a courtroom. We all have administrative hearings to you know adjudicate the issues that arise throughout uh, an investigation. Um, that being said, courtroom skills are very important. I, I was lucky enough uh, that in private practice before I came to the department, not only um, was I involved in many administrative hearings, I, I got to take place, I got to take part rather in uh, some trial work as well. And I, you know both of those are really same skill set and and critical to apply to the investigations and the hearings we conduct here at the department
0: and when you think administrative law there must be like countless silos when it comes to things that could cover obviously here you're, you're doing insurance but I mean there must be lawyers at all branches of state and federal government to do
2: these sorts of things uh, depending on what uh, department they're in certainly I mean s- state federal and you've got to think as well as the the, the private practice uh, attorneys that engage in this you know to give you a little slice of, of my career before and another way you can look at administrative law is of course there's a Department of Labor right down the street uh, from the Department of Insurance which uh, engages in you know hearings weekly with With workers compensation or wage and hour hearings and there are attorneys that that really you know specialize in that on both sides both those representing claimants and those representing companies Um, and you get a similar thing here as well of course we we are representing the department the people um, of New Hampshire but there are attorneys that we see frequently here at the department that uh, are engaged in this administrative law and represent you know companies or agents when you know of course we believe here at the department we find some wrongdoing
0: and with insurance, like many of these companies are in multiple states, so that must add a level of complexity.
2: It does, yeah. Uh, you know, it you're situated in an interesting position with insurance because insurance is regulated almost wholly on a state by state jurisdictional basis, with there being some, you know, federal oversight, though it tends to be quite limited. With the caveat that, of course, it's less limited in the line of health insurance, particularly since the passage of the Affordable Care Act. Um, But beyond that, it's almost entirely a a state-by-state jurisdiction and um, oversight by each state's insurance department. However, that said, there are of course resources that branch across those jurisdictions, things like the NAIC, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, which provides many um, tools and resources that allow the states to coordinate their efforts. Given that, as you identify, AJ, there's, you know, of course, most of these companies, many of them, operate across state lines, across the whole country. And though they're regulated in a way sort of piecemeal, there needs to be some sort of coordination of efforts and examinations and investigations of these companies to make sure that they are operating, you know, cleanly across the country
0: as an administrative agency that works under the governor's office uh something that has been surprising for me to learn about is the amount of kind of advocacy work for the industry and consumers that you do over at the state house as an office maybe not specifically from the enforcement side with your end but in general
2: uh, like there's general counsel there and there's a whole there's at least a dozen lawyers on staff at the department Certainly, yeah. My role is more limited there. I've only been called over to testify uh, a handful of times over to the legislature, but certainly there are roles here at the department that require that much more frequently, not only to comment, provide testimony to the legislature on um, bills that the department itself might put forward in hopes of, you know, better regulating the insurance marketplace, but also just to provide, you know, information and resources to the legislature on a host of other bills that are, uh, you know, brought forward by other entities or persons or that touch in some way upon insurance in the state.
0: Can you talk about a couple cases maybe that you've worked on so people have an example of like what you may be doing on over the course of a year?
2: Certainly. You know, if I had to break it down, I'd say about two thirds of the cases we deal with in enforcement deal with individual insurance producers, insurance agents. Um, The other third, we are dealing more with agencies or insurance carriers. That said, I'd say about two thirds of the work time is spent on the third that are insurance carriers and insurance agents. And what we, you know, normal day of an insurance uh, attorney here for an enforcement is we get in some sort of referral that's a concern that there's been some illegality that's occurred and we need to look into that. So we're drafting interrogatories to send to the company, we're engaging in telephone calls uh, and we're bringing in people for interviews. And then we're making a determination if we need to bring action against them. Um, as to specific specific cases, uh, we've had you know a couple of interesting healthcare sharing ministries as of late, which are entities that um, operate in sort of a gray area. They there's a safe harbor statute that allows them to to operate in a you know quasi insurance method. Um, however, you know many of these entities we found do not comply with our statute. Uh, we've got of, co- of course concerns that are raised almost every year with producers agents that are. Um, alleged to have fraudulently signed policies, so persons who you know don't even realize they have a policy because it's been fraudulently signed by a producer. Um, every once in a while, you know, if you've got concerns where money's being funneled in ways it shouldn't, uh, that it's not being paid promptly, though it's to a carrier, though it's being you know, remitted appropriately to the insurance agency. Lots of concerns about mismarketing of products. Uh, and that runs the gamut. It, it tends to be life and health more frequently with those sorts of issues, but you know we can also see it in P&C. And frankly, in the last few years, we've seen a lot of issues with consumer guarantee contracts as well, those, those extended warranties on your home or auto. Again, a lot of it's mismarketing um, and just not properly uh, addressing claims that are raised by New Hampshire consumers.
0: What happens to these companies if it's found that they're doing
2: something illegally? We have limited powers in terms of what we can do. Of course, these are all all civil administrative um, actions. You know, we're not finding anyone guilty of anything. It's just, um, do we find that they've uh, violated one of our laws? And we can impose one of three sanctions. We can look to revoke uh, a license or an authority to do business in the state. We can suspend the same or we can fine. Um, And our fining authority is, you know, $2,500 per violation in most of our statutes which you know at first doesn't sound like much but then of course you have uh, let's say a producer who has you know fraudulently signed people up a dozen times I mean, you're looking at twenty five hundred dollars per each time they did that you have a company that has sold a policy in the state that was not approved and would not be approved in this state and again they sold it a hundred times twenty five hundred per starts data up pretty quickly Um, we most often you know assess fines and um, work with a company if we think you know, we can more or less i would say rehabilitate them and work towards coming into compliance and, and on the other hand if we think there is a violation of law that cannot be cured in that way we look more towards a revocation resolution on our end as well while i said you know there's a lot of um, litigation skills that are used in terms of really discovery and engaging in investigations and preparing for hearings um, just as is the same in in civil litigation the vast majority of our cases resolve prior to a hearing, um, so I'd say we usually have only, to my great disappointment, given that I enjoy the hearings, probably only about you know twelve to fifteen a year. Um, I would honestly would like more, but it just so happens that uh, the vast majority of our cases, I'd say you know greater than eighty percent of them, um, resolve via consent order or settlement with the company or individual as a means to both cure the, the violation of law we see and to assess an appropriate penalty. So what do you think, Emily?
0: Like, Is this something you're gonna wanna do going forward, or is this gonna be another tool in the toolbox that uh, makes you a little more aware of the industry?
1: I'm not sure, to be honest, where I'll end up post-graduation, but I'll definitely take some of the components with me. Regardless, I'm I'm even more interested in insurance after being here for a few weeks, which I didn't think I would be interested in insurance, but it is actually a lot going on. And uh, just the skills I learned, too. I think the the writing skills the just having confidence in myself is a learned skill that I've I've had a chance to improve upon here and yes there's a, a lot of things I'll take with me regardless of where I end up all right, thank
0: you so much to alum Josh Hilliard from the JD class of 2014, current Compliance and Enforcement Counsel for the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and Emily Peterson, a rising 2L and current intern over the department. You can learn more about the New Hampshire Insurance Department at nh.gov slash insurance, and I will say that there are many insurance departments across the country if you want to learn more about this very unique experience that Emily's able to have here over in New Hampshire. Thanks for listening to Legal Impact, presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To help her word about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Get back episodes of the show and podcast links at law.unh.edu slash podcasts.